0: I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Whedon. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Fisher. This is a podcast about movies.
1: By two guys who used to date and now they don't. Nope. No, we don't. <laughs> no. it's firmly established. We've, we've that got we the don't. receipts to prove it. I uh I try to get cash back, but I could only get store
0: credit. Yeah. And uh, the store has closed. <laughs> Bankruptcy, chapter eleven, the whole the whole thing. Yeah, you, you handled all that, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I oversaw that. The
1: impairment of goodwill was just too much for you guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Matt, yes, Ryan. I don't know if you know this. Well, you know this, but I don't know if our listeners know this, but Do you know that I know this? I know that you know this. Do I know that you know that I know this? I know that you know that I know that you know this. All right. As long as you know. I know. Okay. Biking is my primary source of transportation in this city. Mm-hmm. And on my way over here tonight to your house, I, I had a lot of shaking my fists at various obstacles on my way over here. Clouds. <laughs> Who's laughing now? <laughs> it, shut up. I just got to get those off my chest real fast.
1: Okay. So
0: are, you're just, you're settling into old man mode. Like you're shaking yeah. your fist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've got my pants up to right below my nipples. Uh-huh. Uh my cane with the with the uh tennis balls is in the corner. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I'm just ready to get cranky.
1: Just easing in from your walker into your wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. okay?
0: Heads up, if you're an Uber driver, drive your car as opposed to w- what were they driving? They were driving a car poorly. Oh, so, <laughs> so drive drive well. Drive well is <laughs> what I'm saying. This guy pulled out, he was turning left, just kind of pulled into the turn lane, then sort of slowly merged over to the parking thing across the bike lane, didn't see me one minute, shaking my fist at him, yelling, finally he sees me, he just waves and laughs. And uh, Yeah, it sounds pretty funny. Really angry. <laughs> you know, I used to bike before this whole Uber, Lyft situation, and it was like, I could tell when when there was a cab because, like, you have to look out for cabs because they're erratic and could pull over at any moment to pick up a fare, etc. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know when someone's a cab or not because mm. Lyfts and Ubers just drive willy-nilly everywhere, and it's very dangerous. And I just – I want anybody who is one of those drivers to know that there are bikers out there, and you got to watch out for us. I think this is just another phase of the war on
1: cars from the – Liberal, bike riding, hippie elite, you know, you are so privileged in your situation where you can bike everywhere. Meanwhile, these hardworking immigrants are driving the Ubers and Lyfts best they can. And you're just demanding more bike lanes and demanding guards and rails and just all these things on the taxpayer dime. That's my audition reel for Fox News. <laughs> that was
0: pretty good. Pretty good. I'm not blonde enough, but I'm working on it. <laughs> you just need to wear like a hat, I think, or a hair hat. Yeah, or get some get something weird that like sets you apart, like an earring maybe or a bow tie. You mean like a Greta
1: Van Susteren like uh, crooked mouth?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ooh 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 uh, a glass eye. Oh. Or um like a, a missing
1: tooth. Well, I was thinking about just sexually assaulting some women because I hear that's the fast track on
0: the. Uh, <laughs> that was on the requirements, wasn't it? <laughs> Minimum five years harassing women. <laughs> yeah, a BA in broadcast broadcasting and journalism,
1: five years undergrad, <laughs> sexual harassment.
0: Do you think they have gendered uh, requirements? So it's like under woman, it's just like fucking hot. <laughs> Must put up with so much ass pinching. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched the John Oliver thing today. Speaking of left-wing oh, nuts about uh NRA Here TV. Here come some
1: talking points.
0: <laughs> uh, have you seen this NRA TV stuff? No, I saw like an
1: NRA ad from a couple months ago that was like basically like declaring war on non gun owners, but
0: Yeah. That's uh that's sort of the the vibe. But they also have a lot of weird um programming for women. They're apparently really strongly trying to get women hooked in. Well women have more place to conceal a weapon. That's true. So Yeah. He showed this segment where they were literally it was QVC for gun supplies. Okay, so as you see here, I've got a couple of different style options uh-huh. for you. There are a lot of different varieties of exteriors, but a lot of them really have the same structure in terms of concealed carry. I never would have imagined these little neat pockets and hidden closures. Knowing that you can close it, it does uh, put my mind at ease with it, so it's pretty cool. Girl, you don't even need
1: a gun because people are going to die when they see that bag. <laughs> I can't wait for Louis Vuitton to start uh, Coming up with this gun clutch or designer something. handle covers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: They, yeah, and they, there was a segment where they were painting their ammo clips for their uh, rifles and putting, you know, uh, their name on them, like crafting, basically, but with your ammo clips. Hmm. It was wild. Hmm. It's just like regular world, but everything is guns. Women can't just like guns, they have to, it has to be. Already on top of it or pretty or something i don't know it was real bizarro and it's going on right now that's a thing hmm like i know that in seattle there's the pink pistols it's
1: a a group of like gay men who are like big on guns oh okay and they just like go to the shooting range and like have a blast Mm. i guess that's the best term for it but you know i i doubt that the pistols are literally pink i think it's just a euphemism for we're gay men and we like to shoot guns. Uh-huh. I think the guns are themselves totally normal. So it seems odd that they have to like girlify gun ownership in order to attract women. Yeah,
0: gender it up. Yeah. It's bizarre to me too. What, what what's some more products that need some genderizing? Umbrellas. Mine's far too feminine. Yeah. I need a man's umbrella. <laughs> like made out of corrugated
1: iron. It's got to look like a cock. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that's that's really what I'm getting down to
0: here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: If it could be like a uh, something the penguin would carry, mm, that mm-hmm. would help. If I could shoot people with my umbrella, that would certainly help. Yeah, nothing says masculine like the ability to kill a man. Yeah, I don't know. My d bot's a little effeminate. My little
0: my little Roomba. Oh yeah, we have the same model, but I call mine a he. Oh really? I do. Why? Ugh. It's cleaning
1: know. your apartment. That's women's
0: work. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you got that boo drop ready. <laughs> <laughs> Steer us into safe territory here. <laughs> I've uh, I've been trying to call my robot an it. Oh, yeah? Because gender neutral? Yeah, I'm thinking uh, I shouldn't per, uh, personify it too much. Is that the, not personify? Uh, oh, you want to not
1: anthropomorphize it? Anthropomorphize
0: it, it. yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know. I've come to think of my debut as part of the family.
0: <laughs> I do, too. And when, I, when it runs, it's sort of like, oh, there's another little character running around our house.
1: Well, like, I came home the other day, and I got stuck on, like, my heating vent a mm-hmm. little bit. And mm-hmm. I, like, I felt bad. <laughs> Isn't that weird? And what is like, that? I was like, oh, little guy. I'm sorry. I talked to it, too. <laughs> what the fuck? <sighs> you know, got it out. Cleaned out its repository, got the cotton out of its little wheelie deal, and i put it back in its charge and be like, You'll be okay in a couple hours. <laughs> and I was like, mm, Wow, I'm really infantilizing this thing. It's
0: weird. I mean, I just read a book where a science fiction book where robots were just like an everyday part of life. Mm-hmm. And so, all
1: science fiction books. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, like, it was nice because the people like wouldn't even acknowledge that they were helping them. And you know, they were just so used to having them around doing stuff. And I need. I want to. I want to think like that. I don't want to be like, oh, look, it's. It hit a wall. It's going. <laughs> oh, it's turning. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be fascinated by my fucking vacuum. <laughs> it it does help keep my place clean. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that I put little eyes on it. <laughs> and a bow. <laughs>
1: you're the prettiest little d-bots
0: <laughs> it was a pretty d
1: you are yeah you are
0: <laughs> we both own d-bots so we can easily attest to how well they clean their our house yeah no i love it i love it so much like i run it like two three times a week now yeah it's great it's quiet
1: gets up so much stuff. I actually kind of like being around when it's running. Mm-hmm. It sort of fascinates me to watch its pattern. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's also kind of nice to see something working for me for a change.
0: Yeah. The other day I put it on spot mode, which is where you like set it down and it just spirals out into a circle. Not because I had something for it to clean, I just wanted to see it was just need to do. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating. Good stuff. Yeah. Good little robot. I love having it around. Go to debot.com, enter the promo code X-rated for a surprise amount off <laughs> your first order. You'll be shocked at your discount. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about today's movie? Uh yeah, I am. Well, today's movie is the political thriller from nineteen sixty-nine, Z, directed by costa Gravas.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Is that is that one name or got two? Costa it's Costa-Gavras. Hyphen.
0: Gavras. Well, his name's like costa something teen last name Gavras, oh. but he shortened it to just Costa-Gavras.
1: So, in in honor of us watching Z, the wine I got. Oh. Say, Find fine Zinfandel. Oh, I see. There uh, you go. Because I was like, I don't want to get a Greek wine. That just. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or ouzo. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> so I was like, I'll go with Z. Yeah. It's a fine Zin. Uh, so yeah, this movie is a political thriller. So yeah. it kind of took me a moment to get into this movie.
1: I can't remember if it was you or I or both who drained Sorcerer, it was like, Oh, there's like a bunch of different characters and you know, part of it or a good chunk of it was foreign language and a bunch of stuff was happening and we didn't quite know what it all meant and, mm-hmm. and things like that. That's kind of how I felt here. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm getting a lot of different stuff going on and I don't know, like I get the idea that these military people are bad because they're equating leftist thinkers with mildew on grapevines. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like alliances or where your sympathies are supposed to go aren't immediately apparent in mm-hmm. the movie.
0: Yeah, I guess before we jump in, I came across this movie when I was going through a Criterion phase and this one I w- was sort of a challenge to Criterion collection. I was stoned and I was uh trying to find the most boring sounding one I could watch. Oh, really? It's like let's just see how good how good these movies are. And this one I read and I was like a political thriller. <laughs> In a foreign country, good luck. And yeah, when it first started, I was like, oh yeah, this is... I'm totally... I've got this You're mark. like you're, you're like Z, more like Zs. <laughs> but I was so surprised at like, I don't know, maybe the 45 minute mark being like, I'm really into this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... You know, like anything, sometimes it helps to go in with low expectations. Mm -hmm. Like if you go in expecting something great, rarely does it meet that expectation. Yeah. My mom's late-living boyfriend recommended Z to me years and years ago, and he lent me the DVD, Mm -hmm. along with a bunch of others. I got a stack of DVDs that he lent to me, Mm. and I've been working my way through watching all of them when he died. Oh, my (laughs) God. Uh, I haven't felt the rush to get them back anytime
0: soon. <laughs> He's probably not worried about
1: them. Yeah, I don't think so. And Z was part of that, and that was one that I'd always kind of put off because I was like, "You, political thriller, <laughs> the 60s. Yeah. Uh, Greek, you know, political upset, but it's in French. Yeah. Jesus. Got
0: a lot on paper working against it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I've seen... An, other Costa Gravis movies, and then and they were fine, but they weren't enough to like make me really want to dive in, yeah, to his oeuvre further, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was always in that stack. And like, I, you know, I look at that stack fairly frequently because it's really within eye shots. <laughs> so, that movie is at least like in my periphery at least like two, three times a week, yeah. And this is your first time seeing it? This is my first time seeing oh, it, okay,
0: right on. What's your first impression? Did you like it overall? I did, I, I was sort of like
1: you, where. It was, it was kind of tough to penetrate at first, mm-hmm. like the first 30, 45 minutes. I'm like, this is a little taxing here. <laughs> this is, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. But it was also that like there was these different characters. I didn't know who anyone was, like even though like Yves Montaigne is like a big name, like yeah. he's actually not in the movie that much, but there was sort of a tipping point. Where all of a sudden I'm super on board with yeah, it. Yeah, it's
0: weird how you just get sucked in. If you can get past that initial like hurdle. Yeah. Of once I'd say once the assassination happens, it's like oh this is pretty exciting. For me, it was
1: once it kind of became like a procedural, like a drama, mm-hmm. and the magistrate was brought in to like investigate this.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, oh, fun fact: that guy is played by Jean. Le- oh, Jean-Louis Trintignant, tr- 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 mm. And uh, he plays uh, the main dude in L'Amour, the Michael Haneke movie. Oh, really? Yeah, same guy. Whoa. I know, crazy, right?
1: That's There's like 40, 50 years between I those know. movies. <laughs>
0: wow. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Once he starts doing his special prosecutor thing, it's pretty yeah.
1: cool. Uh, yeah, so I think it was probably around... The time at the hospital when they're determining the cause of the death, yeah, was not accidental car incident. Mm-hmm. Like it's already apparent to to the viewer to the audience that it wasn't a car accident. Like right. we already know. We saw that he was hit on the head by someone
0: in that three wheeled truck. I know. I didn't even remember that that was in this. But uh, I, I well, got see. I was going to about... ask. Actually,
1: I was like, "There's a lot of three wheeled <laughs> trucks in this movie, and <laughs> one of them plays an important part." Yeah. Three wheeled
0: uh, trucks out the wazoo in this movie.
1: <laughs> so I was wondering if this movie popped into your head uh, from that Louie episode.
0: It didn't. I totally forgot about the three wheeled truck. I got really excited when it came on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I guess we should do a quick plot because it's pretty plotty. But it is, it,
1: but uh, the plot can be explained. I think pretty simply. Yeah,
0: there is like a left wing leader guy who gives a speech. And there's, like, riots outside from the op- opposing side. And uh, the government, the military got word that there was going to be an assassination attempt on, on him after the speech. But they didn't really do anything about it. And it uh, turns out they actually orchestrated it. And um, helped with the cover-up. And uh, then that's like the first part of the movie. And then the last part is sort of uh, a lawyer who works for the government, just uh, realizing that this story doesn't completely add up. And then sort of him piecing together what actually happened and bringing uh, a case against the highest ranking military officials, basically.
1: Yeah. The military sort of orchestrated this sort of black ops sort of assassination attempt on this charismatic leftist leader Mm -hmm. and you see this guy struggling like you can tell that there's sort of uh, establishment resistance against what he's doing and saying because like he's rented a hall to like give this speech in and now the guy is saying like you need a permit he's like but it's an indoor thing i don't need a permit for like an indoor rally Mm -hmm. and he's like i don't care get a permit or it's not here's your check back get the fuck out yeah so then he like tries to find another place and like which i
0: got the impression that that guy got uh wasn't necessarily a right-wing guy, but he got, like, He'd someone in the pressured. government. Yeah, yeah, someone in the government had gotten had pressured him to get rid of those people.
1: Yeah, because uh, the leftist leader even says, he's like, you knew what this rally was going to be about when, when like, we signed up. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, he struggles to find, like, other venues in time, and they, they've all come across, like, new regulations in order to have a rally. You need to have seats that are bolted to the ground and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, well, that wasn't true last week. Why is it true this week?
0: Mm-hmm. You know? So just a prime example of abuse of power trying to suppress a yeah, group of people. Yeah. yeah. So
1: he has to have it like out in the open air now. Like he can't have it in you know, in the safety of an enclosed space. Right. The very beginning of the movie it says like any similarities to real life figures is completely intentional.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this is a thinly veiled uh Allegory, or no, I don't know what the word you'd say, but like it's it is the story of this one guy in Greece yeah. who was a leader of left wing, even to the point that like he was in the Olympics, which they say that this dude in the movie was too, and uh, he got assassinated, and it turned out it was by the military. Yeah, um. the, I mean
1: they're basically saying this isn't a true story, but it's based on a true story, and all the events are true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it's a work of fiction. But everything that happens Technically, is yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is sort of a bold thing to do.
0: Like, I can't think of a political movie nowadays. That is a story about something, but not call it that? Well, I, did, I
1: can't think of a, a political movie nowadays.
0: You know? Especially,
1: like, a thinly veiled critique of, you know, an entire body of government. Yeah. But to make, like, a full feature-length film? I don't know. I, I just I can't think of a super partisan movie i guess or or super political movie Mm -hmm. nowadays
0: i i kept getting flashes of uh all the president's men while watching this Uh, yeah
1: i saw that i also saw flashes of jfk in this
0: yeah and um those movies i guess you could argue that all the president's men isn't political it's just like here's how this happened. Yeah. And I mean, you could also argue maybe that this one isn't either in a way, but it definitely has like left leaning uh, (laughs) tendencies. I think one thing I do like about this is that it's nice to see just like good old fashioned attacking the establishment, (laughs) like back in the sixties, you know, like doing it through art. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's kind of cool to see that, that there was somebody out there making films like this. Yeah.
1: I mean, and that's sort of what I mean. Like, you don't see movies like this now. Like, I don't know how big Kostro Garbus was, uh, you know, at the time that he made this, if he was already sort of a name in the underground or the, the, the art house movie scene or anything like that. But nowadays, like movies that like we consider to be a statement are like, get out. Yeah. Like, that's a statement, but it's not necessarily like political. I mean, they talk politics in the movie.
0: but Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's It's not so overtly like the government is bad. Yeah. It's more just that one's more like, here's why black people are upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the,
1: you know, this isn't real, but I'm just imagining it. You know, the, the Aaron Sorkin scripted, Ooh. you know, David Fincher, Trump presidency biopic.
0: Yeah. Written by us that we've been working on. <laughs> Well, that's the Trump exploitation. Oh, that's, that's going to be directed by Roger Corman. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking also a lot about Robert Mueller while watching this. Oh, yeah. And how oh, it's like, yeah, it's kind of the same thing where you just kind of have to trust that this government insider has a strong enough moral compass that they're just. Doing the right thing and investigating. Put a
1: pin in that one because I want to revisit that near the end of
0: of our dissection. Okay. I guess we should talk about the movie itself a little bit. I don't know. I remember the first time watching this, I kind of liked the stylish flourishes that Mm -hmm. he throws in there. This time, I kind of thought they were a little annoying. Like, the camera's really restless throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It's like moving all over. And I know that's like kind of a 60s thing, but it was kind of... It's like, just settle. Settle down for a minute.
1: I felt like it captured the sort of uh, nervous nature of the subject matter. Sure. That, you know, it kind of captured the franticness of the situation itself.
0: Okay. But there are some stylish flourishes I do like. Like, the music in this is great. And mm-hmm. I think the way he uses it is really good. Mm-hmm. And I have a fun fact about the composer of the music for this movie. His name is... Mikos. Mikis theodorakis yeah and um actually i have an album of his symphonic work okay yeah yeah so when uh this this dude who got assassinated in real life his name is gregoris Lambrakis, i think sure that um, sounds great he got assassinated there was a party that like rose up a, a young people's political party that rose up uh that was named like the democratic Lambrakis association something like that and its first president was this fucking composer. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's still alive. What? He's 92 years old. Holy shit! Shout out to Mikis Theodorakis. <laughs> Keeping huh. it real since
1: 1960s. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. God. Tangent, real quick. I was watching the local news broadcast or something. I remember where I was and how I was able to watch the local news. But there was a the world's oldest Mariners fan was going to throw the first pitch. She was 111 years old. What? And they said that she had been a fan of the Mariners since the team was founded in like 1978. Wow. She was 74. Oh, <laughs> my God.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was like, that is crazy crazy to me yeah i just feel like once i hit 70 life's over you like, might uh, have
1: another 40 years that's ahead of insane. you
0: Insane. you haven't even hit 40 <laughs> i know you could be at 70 and still have a full lifetime ahead of you oh, maybe i'll get into sports then I'll, <laughs> i'm just gonna pick a new team and be like i am a fan of this team
1: It see it's shit like that that makes me think that i'm young yeah it's like she's been a Mariners fan longer than I've been alive.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Me, too, actually. <laughs>
1: yeah. So st- shit like that makes me feel young.
0: Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. And good on Mikus.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I do actually really like the music in this movie. Yeah, I, I like it a lot, too. It's pretty cool, it, and it sets the mood for various uh, situations really well, like when, when they're at the Bolshoi, which is like... You know, fancy upper crust. It's all, like, harpsichord music. Yeah, someone,
1: I think it's one of the uh, officers near the end. It was like, I was at the Bolshoi, not because
0: I'm a pervert. Yeah. I would never, like, dance. Yeah. <laughs> that guy sucks, by the way. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, but there is one song in particular that Mickey did not compose, but that stands out to me. as really cool. It's it's called Psych, Psych Rock. And it is when the gay dude, the one who actually bashes what's his name on the head, Mm -hmm. uh, goes to play pinball. Oh. And it sounds like the Futurama theme. I wrote the same (laughs) note down. (laughs) I think that's where it came from. It has to be. I have
1: the same note.
0: (laughs) It's the Futurama. Theme. It really is,
1: <laughs> like with the, with like the big bells and everything, yeah, the
0: chimes, and it's yeah. <laughs>
1: wow, we really were meant to have a podcast.
0: <laughs>
1: we're just we're like women who live together and their periods sync up.
0: <laughs> also, that seems really cool because it's like you kind of know that guy's gay, but like this really drives it home. I feel like with the like, yeah, because he's totally like.
1: Pervin on that guy in the like the pinball bar,
0: yeah. And then earlier, he was like looking up at that kid in his underwear, and the guy's like, Ugh, One track, mine.
1: And he wears like a cravat at some point, and he's got like a leisure suit on mm-hmm. at like a different point, yeah. Um, so the batons in this movie, what is up with all the batons? People get back to Jerry. The- <laughs> <laughs> I was specifically referring to they seem rubbery. Like they bend, yeah. And I'm like, are they just carrying around dildos? (laughs) (laughs) Like these are the most dildonic batons I've ever seen.
0: Uh, dildonic batons.
1: They're like things that I used to, you know, punish my house
0: guests with. (laughs) I was wondering about that too. I wasn't sure if they were like supposed to not hurt as much because they're floppy. (laughs) Or, <laughs> because, you know, for the movie, he couldn't use real batons. Uh Why would
1: he not be able to
0: use real batons for the movie? Because it was like a melee. I guess he didn't want anybody to get hurt. That was my thought. I don't know.
1: Well, at first, because there's like a, uh, when they when they first show him, there's like a lineup of police officers. Right. And they're all waving them around at dick level.
0: Yeah, but they are kind of wiggling them, aren't they? And at
1: first, I thought it was like the rubber pencil trick. <laughs> Where just when you shake it, it looks like it's rubber. Uh-huh. But then, like, there's, like, one officer with a baton later that's, like, pink and veiny, and he hits some guy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, that's clearly a dildo.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, if they weren't, like, crazy colors, it would have uh, that would have helped. <laughs> Made them less dildonic.
1: <laughs> it sort of makes sense. Like, just because they're bendy doesn't mean that they can't really, like, pack a wall up. Sure. But it just... I just didn't know if that was a thing or not. I don't I don't know. Dear Greek listeners. <laughs> yeah, dear do police... your police officers or law enforcement officials carry dildos at any given time? Please let me know, cuz that sounds like some erotic fan fiction going on right there.
0: There's also the guy who drives the three-wheeled van. He has a baton, but his is hard and it just looks like a very tiny baseball bat. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a weird one. Because he, like, slipped too. it in his jacket or yeah. something at some point. It's just a tiny little baseball bat. Yeah. Would that hurt? I mean, I guess it would.
1: Yeah. I used to have, like, a little baseball bat, like, toy as a kid. hmm And, yeah, if you got hit with it, that would sting.
0: Yeah. A lot of head bashing in this movie. Like, <laughs> lots of people get their heads I also bashed. took that note down. <laughs> I,
1: that was a recurring motif in this film, is that people got hit in the back of the head pretty frequently. <laughs> it's like goodness well it's like at one point they're like "Uh oh this uh left-wing rabble raiser might have been hit in the back of the head we better kill all the witnesses by hitting them in the back of the head <laughs>
0: yeah. way to think it through guys way to think it through yeah so that they're all part of a group a religious group
1: it's essentially the religious right here in america yeah
0: christian the- r- royalists they're the right side yeah, yeah.
1: the Christ, Christian Royalist in Opposition of Communism? Yeah. Something like that. It, it, the acronym is CROC.
0: Right. Which I immediately thought of the shoes. <laughs> it was like, oh, I'm against them too. The CROCs are out to get us. No. <laughs> they're the ones who got pressured by the police to like take these dudes out. And they're just kind of regular... I was going to say, I don't even know
1: if pressured is the right term. Mm. I think they might have been coerced into it. Because, I mean, this is a group of people that were already against the leftists. Yeah. And so it probably didn't take that much pressure to do it.
0: Well, there's the one guy who... The bird dude in the fig cellar who got... Which, by the way, who can make a living off selling figs? I mean... That's your whole livelihood.
1: And he's got... (laughs) A whole fucking menagerie of parakeets and budgies
0: going on. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe figs are in high demand and he's got premium figs. He needs a better uh location, I would say, because it just seemed like he was selling them in an alley.
1: Yeah. But um He didn't seem to
0: do a lot of cost
1: benefit analysis. Like he just kind of put a bunch of figs in a bag <laughs> and would sell them at like a
0: price. He wait he waited though, because he took one out and uh, was like, Oh, it's too much. Oh, I wasn't sure. I thought he threw it away because, like, it wasn't a good fig. Oh. Well, I assume all his figs are good figs.
1: <laughs> I can't imagine having a st- one stand with figs is enough to, like, make a
0: living. But they, they, he talks about how he was, like, going to get kicked out of his place if he couldn't sell them. And the police guy made sure that he would have his uh, permit to sell figs. So they were kind of holding that over his head. Mm. So he's poor. I mean, he can make money selling figs. Maybe his wife is rich. I don't know.
1: I just, I guarantee you, in in a city like Seattle where people have disposable income, I could not make a living selling figs. I don't, I don't care how good my figs are, and they're good, believe me, they're the best figs. There's just no way I can make a living selling figs.
0: Yeah. What could you make a living selling here? Kale. What do we love? Seattle
1: does love its kale, which I, I don't, I don't get on board with. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a. I'm not a kale head.
0: There are people at the farmer's market who sell, like, just potatoes. You
1: can do lots of stuff with potatoes. Chips, fries, bake them, mash them. What are you going to do with a fig? You're not eating fig chips. You can totally make
0: chowders, soups, stews, whatever with potatoes. It sounds to me like the potato lobby has gotten to you. <laughs> Big potato is trying to get you to crush small fig. <laughs> These are hard-working people selling figs and you're trying to crush their dreams. I'll tell you what: You can live off eating
1: potatoes for a while. You can't live off eating figs for very long. Fig
0: sellers are the backbone of our economy, Matt. <laughs> you're trying to crush them because you work for a Big Potato. You're in the pocket of Big Potato.
1: Alright. You eat figs for a week. I'll eat potatoes for a week. We'll see whose stool hands <laughs> holds up best. <laughs> Deal. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, some movie, I think. I don't know. Did you notice that the magistrate talked about collusion in this movie? Oh, yeah. Because, like, collusion infers conspiracy.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm I was like, God,
1: this is so relevant. I know. I mean, there, there were a lot of things in here. I'm like, this is just like today. Like, the magistrate is essentially the special counsel.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't exactly remember why he was investigating. Like, what made him start investigating again?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. It just kind of seems like he got tipped off when... when it comes out at the hospital because uh, so the, the, the military officials... Oh,
0: there was an autopsy. I think he had to like go get the report.
1: Okay, yeah, because yeah. the military officials arranged this hit on the leftist leader and paid off a bunch of witnesses mm-hmm. to say, like, oh, no, he was hit by a car and he fell down and that's how he died. Mm-hmm. But they don't go to the hospital... They don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't have any control over the hospital. The military officials. So like, they do an autopsy there that the military wasn't counting on them doing.
0: Right. And so he goes and finds out that they're all like, Yeah, he totally got hit on the head.
1: Yeah, they're like, He got hit from above his head, like on the top of his head, like. And you know, the car hit his body. It wasn't from the car hitting him. Yeah. It was from something striking him on the back of the head. They're
0: like, It might be possible that the car dragged him and he hit his head on the curb, but it's. He was in the middle of the street, I think. Yeah. So And so, yeah, he confirms that with, like, the, the highest-ranking <laughs> military fish. like, is there any chance he could have hit the, his head on the curb? And he goes, no, no way. It was in the middle of the street. I saw the whole thing. Then he's like, okay, something is fishy now. Yeah. And so he has to investigate. And uh, it just is really satisfying the way that that kind of all pieces together.
1: Yeah. As, like, the investigation goes along... And, like, he's kind of climbing higher and higher up, and he's, like, enlisting, like, the help of the press a little bit, like that photographer, yeah. the Oh, yeah, we haven't even talked
0: about him yet. Wait, what did you say? The photojournalist? Oh. I thought you were going to say something about, like, banging him or something. <laughs> were you sexually attracted to him? A little, yes.
1: Yeah, he was pretty, pretty attracted. Kind of went back
0: and forth on it, but... Uh,
1: he had that bad mustache,
0: though. He did have a bad mustache, and kind of a weird nose, and hair. But, <laughs> I don't know, there's a handsome man in there. <laughs> He was a sharp dresser. Yeah, for sure. And a crafty journalist. Yeah, he
1: was pretty good. Went around, got all the pictures of the
0: Crocs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nice to see a movie where like the ideals of democracy actually can work. I mean, the end of this movie, spoiler alert, does not does not end up well for team investigators. Or team freedom. <laughs> yeah, but uh, when it is working, when the gears are turning and it's like they're working with the press and actually like have a strong moral compass of, like, we need to investigate until we get to the bottom of this. Like, it feels good. It feels like this is how it should work, you know? Near the end, when the magistrate is, like, doling
1: out, like, the convictions, Mm -hmm. like, it's such a rush. Like, the music's going, and, like, it's sort of jaunty, and, like, it's coming along, and you see just, like, justice in the works. Like, it really feels like everything's coming together. Like, things are
0: finally working out for old... Team liberal over there <laughs> I liked that scene so finally when he feels like he has a case to take it to them he goes before like attorney general probably the equivalent here and he's like I have this case and the attorney general's like look why don't we do a little compromise and it'll make everybody happy we'll uh we'll prosecute those two guys who hit him on the head they'll get their trial and then they'll go to jail Then um, we'll deal with everything else internally so it doesn't turn into a whole public thing. And he's sort of like, I don't know. He's like, look, you're only accountable to your conscience after God. And then, like, there's a weird cut. I thought it was weird at first where it kind of just, like, shows the floor of where they are. Okay. But it makes the way the carpet's designed, it looks like a cross. And it makes sense right after that because then it cuts to the badges that the military guys are wearing as they're coming in to get indicted and uh those are crosses. All their badges are crosses. Oh and their whole this whole time the military's been saying like one religion, one king, you know, like you need to we need to consolidate everything under one thing so it's easier to rule these people. And uh he finally is like, you know, I'm accountable to my conscience more than I am to God. (laughs) So is basically the underlying thing there. And I'm just like, fuck yeah
1: Yeah, and I don't know... So, like, he starts doling out indictments, mm-hmm. charging the head military officials with first-degree murder. Yeah. And then he keeps saying, like, you know, you know, go through that door to avoid the press, but the press is totally out there. <laughs> and I don't know if I, if I missed it or if it was, like, did the press just catch on that that's where he was directing? Or did he actually say, like, I'm going to direct them this way, so that's where you want to be?
0: Yeah, I think the first one... Because there's several that we see, and each time yeah. there's more press. Yeah. I think the first one, it was just like our our scrappy little photojournalist that's been with us the whole time, Mister Mustache. He figured out that they were there because he's the only one. I think the first time, and then like just once, you know. By like yeah, the he, third or fourth, yeah. there's,
1: there's like whole crowds, and I think like by like the fifth, there's someone holding the press yeah. back. Yeah, it's
0: a throng of them. So, yeah. Yeah, I get the impression that that's just how. It, the word spread after that one photojournalist got it started. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if the magistrate actually, like, tipped off the press. Because mm. they were kind of working together, the photojournalist and, the, and right. the magistrate, a little bit.
1: So, yeah, I was like, yeah, did he tip him off or was it, <laughs> you know, yeah. just good journalistic uh, instincts. Yeah. But I liked it because, yeah, it was like, you know, go this way to avoid the press and avoid being embarrassed. And, like, they go out there and there's all this press. <laughs> And they kind of act shitty. Like, one of them goes to, like... Uh, many of... Uh, a couple of them say, like, I will not be dishonored. I will commit suicide before being dishonored. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, okay, you're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, you're not the first person to say that today. <laughs> and that guy didn't even commit suicide, so you're under
0: arrest. Yeah, yeah. That whole, that whole ending is really exciting until then it gets, then it like has a downer note because then it's like, Oh my oh, God. Actually. Yeah. All these people that did all this stuff were pardoned uh, because yeah, th- th- there was a military coup, I think.
1: Yeah. So, and this is where like, it really
0: starts feeling
1: like today, there's this huge p- political swelling uh, for the opposition party. Like we're going to take it in a landslide. Like everyone's against like the, the reigning party right now. And it's like, but like slightly before election, they said that there's a military coup. Yeah. All the people who were indicted got off super easy. Mm-hmm. Like they did very minimum sentences or just got like administrative tongue lashings. Yeah.
0: And the magistrate and the photojournalist all did time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <And> <laughs> one of them got deported. It's just like... And then it said, yeah, because there was a military coup, the military seized power and then banned all this stuff. Yeah. And it was crazy. It was like, All these sort of radical authors, you know, Dostoevsky and things like that, Mm -hmm. Tolstoy, like, banned. Edward Albee was (laughs) one on there. I was like, what? Yeah, pop music, like, contemporary music was banned. Yeah. And then, like, finally, it said the letter Z was banned, because I guess in ancient Greek, Z means he lives.
0: Yeah. And that's why they painted it on the street, too, after he died. And I'm like, that's crazy. You're banning a letter. Which just happened in China? Did you did you hear about this?
1: Oh, I I, I heard that it was only a short period of time.
0: They banned what the letter N. Yeah, which is right after he's like, I think we're gonna do away with term limits. Yeah, it's like yeah. Now that this is not good. <laughs> now he's president for life. Yeah, and banning
1: letters. What The yeah, fuck. That's strange. Like a bunch of phrases and words got banned. Yeah, like you can't say uh, personality cult. I think
0: disagree was one too or like what?
1: Yeah. Come on. Yeah. There was a whole slew of them. It's like, that's real weird. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Real, real weird. You know, there's a list of words that, uh, 45 would love to ban. I'm sure
1: he'd like to ban anything. That's not just open praise of him, (laughs) but yeah, like that, like the idea like of a military coup, but like not in our favor, like in favor of the current administration, (sighs)
0: terrifying yeah
1: that's a scary thought because none of the characters in the movie thought that that was going to happen
0: no and you don't as an audience member think that's going to happen no it's you really led to believe they're like we're gonna win
1: yeah it's careening hard towards
0: like a happy ending yeah and then the postscript is like nope (laughs) everyone's (laughs) fucked which is how it really went down apparently yeah and there wasn't a regular government rule until like four or five years after this movie was made when the coup happened before it was made. So that's messed up. Sometimes I forget like how current some history is. Mm -hmm.
1: Like the Spanish civil war wasn't that long ago. Like Spain hasn't had like a sovereign government that long.
0: Yeah. I mean, even just fucking world war two was 70 70 years ago. ago. That's not very long ago. Yeah. It, apparently, people have already forgotten about it because <laughs> now we have to deal with Nazis. Oh, Jesus Christ. What we need to do is just
1: start showing Indiana Jones movies in schools. I mean, you don't need to do all of them, just the first one will do. But it's like, look, the bad guys, the Nazis, they're bad guys. <laughs> it's pretty clear. This is proof. Do you want to be Indiana Jones or do you want to be the Nazi that gets his face melted yeah. off?
0: No, they don't have valid opinions and you don't need to listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> So what, you wanted to talk about Mueller a little bit, or you had oh, a question.
1: Uh, Well, that kind of got the, uh, the yeah, the magistrate struck me a lot like Robert Mueller, mm-hmm. guided by his conscience, not by politics, not by yeah. religion, and really just more respect for the law than any party. Like, it was definitely a, a country before party, you know, uh, feeling that I got from the magistrate. Yeah. And then especially when he was like handing out indictments there at the end. It's like, I got all the facts. Here we go. Because there's, uh, when he's interviewing people, he keeps saying the incident. Right. He's like, you know, you you witnessed the incident or you were in the crowd during the incident. And then at some
0: point, he starts saying murder. murder, And he has his assistants typing up uh, transcripts of everything. And then when it gets to that point, he goes, Did you mean to say murder? Yeah. And it cuts. Like, you
1: don't get to see the magistrate's response. Yeah. Which I thought was good because, like, I'm like, oh my God, what, what was the magistrate's response? Yeah. But it's like, yeah, that that was that tipping point where it's like, you know, he's no longer like he's calling it a murder now. Like yeah. he he knows that it's not an incident anymore. It's not an accident. It it wasn't just happenstance. Yeah, that it was premeditated. That it was planned out.
0: And I saw parallels between this Mueller in, uh, investigation and Watergate, basically, where it's like the vehement disowning of any responsibility from the people who are being accused of these things saying like these are these are lies being spread by a false media who's just trying to stir up problems and i absolutely would never do that and i can't believe you know just like the amount of protesting that goes on you saw it with nixon and you're seeing it with trump too which makes you just think like god you just he does protest doth too judge, much yeah you know an innocent person would just be like yeah do your investigation i've got other shit to worry about you know not constantly being i don't know
1: they say that uh to be devil's advocate again they say that uh when in in, like police investigations when an innocent person gets accused all they do is proclaim their innocence Mm -hmm. and but they do it in like oh my god my life is ruined sort of way Mm -hmm. whereas guilty people like boast and like i didn't do it you're the got the wrong guy Whereas innocent people are like, oh, my God, no, I, I absolutely did not do this. Oh, my God, what, what do I do? To get... No, 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 this didn't happen. Like, yeah. They take different stances. And uh, 45 is definitely not taking me like, oh, my
0: God, this is <laughs> not. This is a serious issue. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes me think that, like, it's a matter of time. I have fingers crossed, but, I mean.
1: I think it was even Steve Bannon who said that Trump only has, like, a 30% chance of <laughs> finishing
0: his term god well we're we're rooting for you Miller yep go get him go get him. <laughs>
1: I don't know i this movie is uh yeah it's oddly prescient for being 50
0: years old yeah just so relevant still right now more so than when i watched it a couple years ago i liked it then but now i was like oh shit this really feels real
1: now that we're in the grips of our own pulse pounding political thriller <laughs>
0: <laughs> isn't there like a proverb a chinese proverb something that's like may you live in uninteresting times or something like that <laughs> maybe well what's that line from the third man it's like uh mentally for 30 years under the borgias they had warfare terror murder and bloodshed but they produced michelangelo leonardo da vinci and the renaissance in switzerland they had brotherly love they had 500 years of democracy and peace and what did that produce the
1: cuckoo clock so long holly it's a good line though yeah it's the only line you remember from that movie yeah I always like when you pick movies I haven't seen before. I mean, mm-hmm. I like the movies that you pick that I have seen before, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: in this instance, it was, it was nice because this is one that I really would have put off watching for a while.
0: <laughs> oh, I have one more fun fact. I guess this is kind of a fun fact. Uh, this is the first movie to be nominated for Best Picture as well as Best Foreign Language Picture. Oh. Which has only fun. happened like a handful of times since then. Okay. Among, you know, such greats as Cries and Whispers oh. and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, yeah. And um, Amour, oddly enough. <laughs> oh, okay. So, sure. yeah, I just pieced that together. Uh, what's up next? What do we got next week? So,
1: next week, this is one that I've, I've I thought of initially when we first started the podcast. Okay, and then I really like I moved it up in the list after tipping the velvet. Okay, but I just haven't quite found the right spot for it until now. I'm gonna do. The Duke of Burgundy.
0: Oh! Finally. Okay, so I didn't know about this movie. I'm a big fan of Barbarian Sound Studio. Uh You mentioned this movie, that this was the movie he made after that. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, I'll look at the trailer. And I watched the trailer and was like, I want to watch this right now. And you said, don't, because I want to do it for the podcast. And that was like a year ago.
1: (laughs) I don't want to give you too much. I don't know even know if I can talk about it. It's been a while since I've seen it. But okay, okay. Yeah, next week, Duke of Burgundy. I'm very excited. Okay, let's plug our junk and get out of here. Great. Go to our website, xratedmovies.com. Can you even imagine that that domain is still around? <laughs> Yeah. It's got our archives. It's got the season listing. It's got staff picks. It's got what's coming up next. It's got anything you want X-rated related.
0: Also, if you're feeling randy, why don't you uh, jump on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review or some stars or some both. Follow us on Facebook
1: at RatedXMovies. Find out what's happening next.
0: Comment on all of our postings. Please do. Yes. Yes. Even if it's just, fuck, you guys are great. Also, you can... Follow us on Twitter. I think we're going to start posting pictures on there. Sure. And you can write us an email if you want to. At
1: x.rated.movies at gmail.com.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you are a business that wants to sell your junk through us, we're great pitchmen. Yeah. I mean, you heard us talk about debot earlier.
1: And we weren't even being paid for that. <laughs> Just imagine if you threw us like a hundred bucks.
0: Wow, we would actually put some work into it.
1: Yeah, you'd die at the ad. It'd be that good.
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so next week, Duke, Duke of Burgundy. I um, can't wait. See you then.